New York City, it's your mayor, Eric Adams, and I'm excited to welcome you to my new podcast. Welcome to the Get Stuff Done cast. Let's get to it. On January 26th, Mayor Eric Adams delivered the 2023 State of the City Address. Here are the highlights. Welcome to the State of the City Address. Please welcome the 110th Mayor of the Great City of New York, Mayor Eric Adams. My fellow New Yorkers, I just want to say thank you. A year ago, I was sworn in as your mayor. We have climbed a lot of mountains since that day. We hit the ground running, and we got stuff done. One year later, our city is on the pathway to being safer. Our economy is recovering, and our stores, subways, and hotels are full. Our children are back in school with their teachers and friends. Our theaters are thriving. Our restaurants are booked. And New Yorkers are back to work. I am proud of our achievements this year. And I want to thank all of you who worked so hard to get us to this moment. Today, I stand before you here at the Queens Theater in the borough where I grew up, home to an international working class community, to say to you, my fellow New Yorkers, the state of our city is strong. Is strong. As strong as the police officers and first responders who have made this city safer, as strong as the legions of city workers who have laid the groundwork for the future, and above all, as strong as the working people of this city who make it all possible. Today, I want to outline a working people's agenda based on the four pillars that uphold a strong and sustainable society. Jobs, safety, housing, and care. These are the things that our administration is working for every day. Every New Yorker needs a good paying job. So we are investing in a new generation of apprenticeships, community hiring, and job training. Every New Yorker needs a safe and welcoming neighborhood. So we are getting New York City's most wanted off our streets and investing millions to make our city cleaner and greener. Every New Yorker needs an affordable place to live. So we are working to add 500,000 more homes across all five boroughs. And every, one, and every one of us needs care, not just in crisis, but throughout our lives. That's why we are expanding the social safety net, making it easier to access public benefits and health care, no matter who you are or where you live. We are changing how we get things done for New Yorkers, building success at the source, solving problems upstream instead of reacting to crises downstream. Moving beyond recovery into a new era of abundance and equity. 
And it starts now, it starts with us. Today, I'm proud to announce that we will connect 30,000 New Yorkers to apprenticeships by 2030. And this in part thanks to our new apprenticeship accelerator. This is on-the-job experience with an opportunity for permanent employment in high-demand careers. And it will ensure employers can tap the talent they need. And as we work to create more jobs, we will also help New Yorkers train for jobs that are in high demand right here. Jobs in techs, renewable energy, and nursing. Our city and country are already facing a nursing shortage, and the federal government estimates we would need 275,000 more nurses naturally by 2030. So I'm proud to announce a new nursing education initiative in partnership with CUNY that will help New Yorkers enter the nursing workforce, stay in that profession. We want them to climb the career ladder. We will support 30,000 current and aspiring nurses over the next five years with everything from additional training to mentorship and clinical placements. New York City needs our nurses, who did such an incredible work during the pandemic. <laughs> nurses are the hands, the heart, and soul of our healthcare system. We will never forget you, and we will continue to supply you with the resources you need. We also need to help more New Yorkers with disability into the workforce. Think about this for a moment. Right now, only one in three are employed. Our city will launch the new Center for Workforce and Workplace Accessibility and Inclusion, which will connect over 2,500 people with disabilities to jobs. We also want to make sure even more city dollars go to minority and women-owned businesses. We recently hit our MWBE spending goal three years ahead of schedule. And today, I'm announcing an even more ambitious commitment. Working with Speaker Adams and the City Council, we are committed to awarding $25 billion in contracts to MWBE businesses by fiscal year 2026. But our support for small businesses does not end there. This week, we announced the Small Business Opportunity Fund, a $75 million loan fund that would be the largest in New York City history. Talented is at the center of our job strategies. And we know it starts with education. We are making three fundamental commitments to our young people. One. Every child will get the support they need to become a strong reader at or above grade level. Two, we will establish a whole child approach to education, factoring in social emotional learning and other supportive services. And three, every student who graduates from a New York City high school will have a clear pathway to the future, whether that is a job, job training, or continuing education. Next year, 
Every school will also have at least one staff member trained in the most effective reading intervention available so that every student can access the support they need. We will also launch the first district school in, city, in the city's history dedicated to supporting students with dyslexia. while continuing to expand new dyslexia programs citywide. But we must also take a whole child approach to education. This year, we're rolling out the biggest student mental health program in the country. We will provide our high school students with everything from telehealth care to community-based counseling, depending on their individual needs. And our children must be educated but they must be safe too. Our administration came into City Hall with a mission and a mandate, reducing gun violence. We've already made real progress. Shooters are down, murders are down, but that means nothing to the mother who lost their child. And we know that major crimes were down last quarter for the first time in six quarters. New Yorkers can finally see safer days ahead after several years of rising crimes. This year, we will build on that work, increasing our efforts to protect New Yorkers from robberies and burglaries, as well as other violent crime. The NYPD's Crime Prevention Unit will expand their focus on retail theft and work with business owners and business improvement districts and other solutions to prevent shoplifting. We will also expand the community response teams to operate at the borough level, and we will make better use of our most powerful tool in the fight against crime, our communities. Let me be clear on this. We're not going to criminalize poverty. We will partner with the DAs. And if a person is stealing because they don't have something to eat, we will show them how to get food. If a person is stealing because they have a drug problem, we're going to show them where the access to drug treatment is. The goal is to go after organized crime. But we're going to set the standard. This is not going to be a city where anarchy will run. This is going to be a city that is going to be a safe, productive city. Our city is also going to escalate our campaign to end another daily crime that kills far too many, many innocent people, and that's traffic violence. 2023 is the year we are going to tighten the screws on wet, reckless drivers, holding them accountable for their actions before they harm others. We must treat traffic violence the same way we treat other dangerous crimes. We're working with our partners in Albany to advance new legislation called ROADS. That stands for removing offenders and aggressive drivers from our streets. These new laws will increase penalties for serious crashes, running red lights, and impaired driving, including revoking the privilege to drive on our streets. Our administration is going to invest in improving quality of life for New Yorkers across the board. For far too long, New Yorkers were asked to accept things that should be unacceptable. Crime, rats, trash, traffic. When we allow quality of life to deteriorate, it is working class New Yorkers that suffer the most. It also hurts our economic recovery. Last year, our administration made significant improvements to more than 75 commercial corridors in all five boroughs. 
This year, we will build upon that work, especially when it comes to rats. <laughs> Most people don't know this about me, but I hate rats. <laughs> Hiring our new rat czar, and it won't be Curtis Sliwa, will be just the beginning of a new era and delivering the best in public service and public spaces. We're going to get stuff cleaner by launching the country's largest curbside composting program. By the end of 2024, all 8.5 million New Yorkers will finally have the rat-defying solution they've been waiting for for two decades. In just three months, a pilot composting program right here in Queens kept nearly 13 million pounds of kitchen and yard waste out of our landfill. We are also going to replace unsightly construction sheds, requiring all buildings to use newly designed structures that preserve the vibrancy of our streets and increase enforcement against those that leave those sheds up for years at a time, blocking sidewalks and windows. And speaking of sheds, it's time to retire those COVID cabins and replace them with something better. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. The open restaurant program was a massive success that saved so many of our restaurants, bars, and cafes during the pandemic. But now it's time to come together and figure out how New Yorkers can enjoy outdoor dining with a permanent version that works for business and residents. The pandemic highlighted the critical role of parks, playgrounds, and waterfronts play in improving the physical and mental health of all New Yorkers. Building on the commitments Governor Hochul and I announced in our new New York plan, we're going to create extraordinary new sp public spaces in all and every borough in this city. We will invest more than $375 million in new parks and plazas, widen sidewalks, safer intersection, expand bike lanes, and inviting landscape. We are also electrifying our city vehicle fleet. We're going to go even further, requiring for hire vehicles to do the same. We are announcing today that Uber and Lyft will be required to have a zero emission fleet by 2030. That's zero emission for over 100,000 vehicles in our streets. Our commitment to improving the environment and fighting climate change means reinventing our energy sector across the board. New York will continue to lead the way to our clean energy future by becoming the wind power hub of the eastern seaboard. The South Brooklyn Marine Terminal will soon become one of the largest offshore wind port facilities in the nation. The future of our city will be cleaner, greener, and healthier for all, including our wildlife and marine life, like the dolphins we recently visited us in the Bronx River. That's the future of our city. More dolphins, fewer rats. <laughs> This is the greatest city in the world, and every day more people want to come here, work here, and be part of the New York City story. New York City must remain a city where everyday people can find an affordable place to live. Young people, immigrants, families, and retired folks all need a place to call their own. 
That's why we have continued to support public housing every step of the way. It is the foundation of our affordable housing stock and a pathway out of poverty. But we also need to build more affordable housing for all New Yorkers. That's why New York has committed to being a city of yes. Yes to more housing in every borough and in every neighborhood. Last month, we released our plan to get stuff built. We laid out a moonshot goal of building 500,000 additional homes over the next decade. Homes for people from recent arrivals to lifelong New Yorkers. Home for seniors, families, and veterans. Building new houses is, is essential for our future, but we also need to address the housing crisis here and now. That means protecting tenants and helping New Yorkers stay in their homes. So we are investing over $22 million in tenant protection programs, including more staff to increase investigation and enforcement against bad landlords and stronger partnership with community groups and legal service providers to protect tenants from being pushed out of rent-regulated apartments. We're also cracking down on landlords who discriminate based on source of income. We are committed to fighting for support for working people and actually making sure they get the support they need. Don't let it fool you. I may wear nice suits, but I'm a blue collar cat. <laughs> this year, we will make it simpler for New Yorkers to access public benefits like unemployment insurance, Medicaid, and SNAP. We will cut unnecessary red tape and expand benefit screenings to New Yorkers in need. We'll get every dollar they deserve. That would include a focus on seniors, as well as veterans who may be eligible for newly expanded federal funds. We often get it for the people. We need to know how to get it to the people. And finally, I want to talk about something that doesn't get enough attention. Our responsibility as a city to care for New Yorkers in the, the greatest need. Over the past year, our ability to care was put to the test by the asylum seeker crisis. New Yorkers rose to the occasion, as they always do. Since last spring, we have had more than 42,000 asylum seekers arrive in the city. We have provided them with shelter, food, education, health care, and legal support. We will continue to do our part, but we need everyone else to do their part as well. This is an all-hands-on-deck moment. We're going to need help. We're going to need our Albany partners. We're going to need Washington, D.C., the asylum seeker crisis is a national crisis, and it should not be just for New York City residents. That's just unfair. And not only is it unfair for New Yorkers, but it's unfair for the asylum seekers. You come here to pursue the American dream, not to live in a nightmare. The Statue of Liberty sits in our harbor for a reason. Every one of us in this room, ancestry came from somewhere. And the asylum seekers deserve better. And so while we continue to provide care for new arrivals, we also deepen our commitment to every resident of the five boroughs. 
We are going to fundamentally change the way we provide care for our citizens. We're moving from a system that waits until New Yorkers are in crisis before offering help to one that focuses on upstream solutions. That means eliminating bureaucratic barriers and focusing on the structural challenges that so often force people into crises. We'll begin with one of the most vulnerable populations, people experiencing homelessness. And we will also take an upstream approach to our opioid crisis. This is a major crisis that we are sleeping on. Fentanyl is destroying our cities across America. We have to fight back and stop it. We are going to invest $150 million of opioid settlement funds secured by good, our good friends, Attorney General Letitia James, into proven harm reduction and treatment programs. And we will move mountains because ain't no mountain high enough to address the growing problem of untreated, serious mental illness and social isolation. A few months ago, when we laid out the strategy of connecting New Yorkers, we knew what we had to do. But now, Dr. Fasan, I know he's here somewhere, a real hero in this area. We are going to put in place something called Clubhouse Model. In the next few weeks, we will outline our broader plan around mental health. These clubhouses for people with serious mental illness would be places that provide peer support and community access to services, employment, and an educational opportunity. And we also want to work with New Yorkers, getting them healthy by making sure they have access to fresh food, including fruit and vegetables. We will fight the continuing crises of obesity and chronic diseases by expanding city investment in healthy food access for lower income New Yorkers, including the launch of groceries to go and green stands. You can't have whole foods and park slopes and junk food in Brownsville. You can't have it the same way. Can't have it the same way. <laughs> Over the past year, we have spoken about getting things done. We came into office with a people's plan, and I'm proud to say we have delivered for the working people of this city. We're on the pathway to a safer city with more jobs and more opportunities. And we have laid the cornerstone for a new era of affordable housing. Promises made, promises kept. This coming year is about expanding that vision of what can get done and what will get done. It means building a strong foundation that supports today's realities and anticipates tomorrow's needs. City government must work to improve the public good, supporting an economy that works for all and care for the working people who make it possible. Jobs, safety, housing, and care. Without these pillars of support, cities crumble, institutions fall, society weakens. We will not allow that to happen in New York. It is the working class that has lifted up this city, built it brick by brick on the bedrock of a free and democratic nation. And going forward, we will sustain the workers who make this city possible. Working together, we can build a better city for all. Keep those pillars of civic power strong. Open more golden doors 
and inspire others to do the same. We're just getting started, and there's no stopping the world's greatest city filled with the best stuff on earth, New Yorkers. Thank you, New Yorkers. And this is the information I wanted to share today. I hope to see you for another episode of Get Stuff Done Cast.